Hello there, and welcome to episode number 187 of Dude and the Monkey. My name's Ian Loring, and as always, I am joined by... Matt Foster, hello everybody. And I am about to open a beer I've never had before, Brooklyn East IPA. Oh yes, how about that, it's nice. It's a 6.9. Let's have the butchers at this. That is really rather lovely. Yeah, is that the one that comes in the green can? No, that's the, that's no, that's the lager. This is the orange can. That's the one. Yes. That is actually really nice. Yeah. It's a green. It's a green bottle. It comes in when it comes. It has a green and red label bottle. Uh, yeah. That. Uh, it's nice, isn't it? Yeah. Is that? Actually, I think it's come direct. Yeah, it's imported as well. Nice. Mm. It's a 12 fluid ounce can. I love 12 fluid ounce cans. It's only 25 milliliters more, but just, <laughs> it just feels different. Doesn't yeah, it? they're just slightly taller. They're brilliant. Um, yeah. Does the uh, Flying Dog Brewery do them as well? Yeah. Um, God, that's bloody lovely. That is right. Anyway, um, so what we're covering this week? We are doing. Um, what the fuck? Why has it gone completely out of my head? What the fuck are we doing this week? <laughs> Allied. Allied. Jesus. <laughs> wow. Um, all right. Yeah, that's a little bit. <laughs> the thing is, right, I was looking at, on, on, on the old map book, I was looking at last week's show where it says, where the title was, Eating Dog Would Be More Enjoyable Than Dog Eat Dog. So all I had in my head was Dog Eat Dog. Yeah, so, it couldn't, couldn't get out. <laughs> no, no, like literally, Jesus Christ. Yeah, okay, so we're reviewing uh, Robert Zemeckis' latest um, Allied, the uh, Brad Pitt, Marion Cotillard, did they actually fucking a sandstorm or not film. Um, <laughs> and, um, we're, no, it's not exactly, uh, it's not exactly Don't Look Now, is it, with that? But um, anyway, yeah. um, we'll also uh, talk some trailers, uh, some what we watched. I've got a shitload of what we watched. I don't know about you. I have as well, yeah. Okay, all right, cool. Well, let's let's strap in then. Um, I don't know about, also, I don't know about you, but I can kind of go long tonight because Lottie is already asleep, which is amazing. So I don't have the, have to be a father. I, 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 I can put in the good time. Cool. Okay, good stuff. So, um, we'll also do some Twitter questions and whatnot. Um, Mark, anything going on this week? Uh, no, it's been a, a relatively uh, quiet week in the wonderful world of film, hasn't it? There's not a lot really happened. Um, everything seems to have down tools for Christmas and wait until the, the Star Wars explosion. Yeah, no, quite. It's, um, yeah, I, I don't know. There's just not much news or anything at the moment, is there? So, um, you know, you had Thanksgiving and happy Thanksgiving to um, our American listeners and whatnot. I, I believe we have quite a few. So, um yeah, yeah. Um, but um, I bought a new MacBook on Black I, I Friday. Did, I did it do. Yes, ah, yes, you did, didn't you? Uh, well, what were you going to say, sorry, Mark? I, I didn't do my usual um, watch of Planes, Trains, Automobiles on Thursday night, because usually I always watch that on Thanksgiving, because it's the Thanksgiving movie. Uh, but I was very tired on Thursday, and I just sort of said to Bex when she said, oh, we're watching Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. It's like, do you know what? Don't think I'm emotionally capable of watching that movie right now. <laughs> mm, mm. I might watch that this week, actually. Fair do. Uh, I think it's one you can watch in between Christmas and uh, between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yeah, I think that's appropriate too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, 
Black Friday consumed me. <laughs> and I, I, I got the new MacBook with the touch bar, um, which is really nice. And is, it, is, it, is it lovely? It's really, really nice. The touch bar's awesome. And the touch ID, like using your fingerprint to unlock your Mac, and like when it says like something wants to do something into your password or just touch ID, it's like yeah, yeah, yes, please. That's some future shit right there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it's expensive, but I got two hundred and fifty quid off the normal price, so I don't feel quite as raped. And um, so you uh, covered your Apple tax. Yeah, yeah, that pretty much. I've covered the Apple tax and a kind kind of the uh, Brexit increase as well, but still cost a pretty penny. But the aim, unless I part exit, is to keep it for a good few years. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll see on that one, won't we? But um, I, I don't know. I need I need a quality laptop. I bought. The the show that I had horrible audio quality from my end was um, recorded on a tablet laptop hybrid thing, which I was thinking I could potentially use going forward. But no, it was terrible. Um, So, yeah, uh, hello, MacBook Pro. But it is really nice. The Touch ID is awesome. The screen's great. Uh, I'll talk about it later, but I watched the wailing on it last night. And it's just it's a very nice experience watching something on that screen so i recommend it if you can be fucked to pay the apple tax which i obviously can um but anyway um I, 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 I did actually i did actually dip into black friday a little bit oh, with sorry. the uh, yes go with, with some of the uh deals that were on the itunes there was some some crazy deals oh I got. my god yeah 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 let's do this yeah what'd you get yeah. I got uh, Night and Day because I wanted to rewatch it and thought, do you know what? One ninety nine to rewatch that and to own it, why not? So I bought Night and Day. Uh, I bought The Intern for three ninety nine. Uh, the nice. Usual Suspects for two ninety nine. Yeah, man. Two ninety nine. Uh, and I also bought West Side Story because um, Beck wanted to rewatch it uh, and I thought, do you know what? Again. Two ninety nine, and I can own it. What did I get? What? what why the fudge? Why the fudge not? Yeah, no, quite. I mean, the, the only thing is now you've got night and day constantly looking at you and judging you. <laughs> well, I remember quite enjoying night and day to be honest when I first watched it. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. I, I, I very much. Hmm. I remember thinking. Uh, do, I do remember absolutely thinking. Hang on a minute. Cameron Diaz runs a uh, online auto parts star. Yeah, yeah. Um, I bought uh, India the Indiana Jones complete collection was fourteen ninety nine, which I don't think it's usually that cheap. That's not bad. I was quite happy with that. Um, Les Mis for two ninety nine. Um, Magic Mike XXL for three ninety nine. Uh, midnight special for four ninety nine. Uh, yeah, I was I was gonna get that, but I didn't. I I, I I think I think the reason why I didn't get that was because I clicked on it. Um, it's still four ninety nine, so I can't get that tonight. Actually, uh, I clicked on it uh, while I was on my phone, and it was saying you do not have enough space to download this. I was like, motherfucker, we've been through this loads yeah. of times, man. Yeah, I mean, I got one hundred and twenty eight gig iPhone seven, so I don't get that. But I used to get that a lot on my old iPhones, and that's fucking annoying. That is, yeah. it's just like, what makes you think I want to download it right now? 
Yeah, just give me the option. Yeah, yeah. Let, let, let me fucking buy it, then I'll decide if I want to download it, like it does on my iPad. With, yes. with the iPad, it just says, oh, do you want to download that now? No, all right, thanks. Yeah, exactly. All right, cool. It, it's just there. Do you want to watch it? Whereas your iPhone, it's like, you can't download that now, you can't fucking buy it. Like, yeah, yeah, Apple. Like, you're ever not taking money off me for shit. Yeah, no, quite. Um, I, and I also got Sideways 199, so I've been itching to rewatch that. Um, and uh, Sing Street, which everybody seems to be raving about, and I put up a poll saying it was 499, should I just blind buy it? And, uh, like, I got, like, 13 yeses and one no. That was the one no. Oh, was that you, you fucking... <laughs> So, I'm not super and I've nothing against it. It's just at one point there was loads of yeses and I thought, well, fuck you. <laughs> just hit no. Fucking dickhead. Um, <laughs> that's funny. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch that this week. It's part of my like year catch up. But um, there's some good stuff in there, man. I mean, Midnight Special and um, Sing Street have not been out for long. No, no, there was, there was some, some good stuff in it. Uh, there was a few bits in it that were like... Wild for two, $2.99, sorry, Wild for two ninety nine as well. Yeah, there was a few bits in it that were like the 2 and three ninety nine bits that I thought, oh, I'd buy that, but I've already got it. The Commando for one ninety nine. Yeah, Fuck yeah, yeah. I, not, I, I paid a fine for that and I was happy with the fiber I paid. Actually, I think I paid one ninety nine for that and Predator, um, maybe around last Christmas. Yes, they were, they were around last Christmas for it, which I'm, again... I'm looking forward to if they do that again. Yeah, I think they will. Um, and yeah, no, that's going to be good. Uh, but yeah, no iTunes fair play, man. That was a hell of a sale. Um, mm. Like it was only like a free dayer as well, wasn't it? So yeah, I think it's it's still currently up now. Well, it's not advertised now, but I think the films are still at those prices yeah, now. It won't be for long though. I mean, like, I think by the time this shows out, that will be done. Gone, yeah. yeah. But um, we we'll, we'll look forward to the the, the, the pre Christmas and the January sale that they have. Yeah, I'll tell you what, they've got five hundred days of summer for a fiver at the moment. I wouldn't mind rewatching that. Well, that. weirdly enough, I had that on Blu ray, um and just typed in the um ultraviolet code for it. Um in iTunes. Uh oh, and it shit. And, and it accepted it. Oh really? Nice. Yeah. Yeah, so, so I've got that on my wizard. Oh, sweet. Um, bloody hell, fair play. Um, is it HD? Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, okay, so um, trailers. Trailers, trailers. Trailers, trailers. Not loads, to be honest, I don't think, this week. Um, I mean, there's the big one, um, which is like the only one I can think of that I've seen this week, which oh, is... yeah, Silence. Silence, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I'll do the second trailer of Fences I'll do the second trailer of Fences first before we do Silence because it feels like the, the big trailer of the week but yeah, yeah sure. second trailer of Fences um, from what I understand this has been this has been put, pushed back from a September release to a December release and when you watch the trailers you're kind of looking at going that, that, that's to put it closer to a wild season isn't it it's a little bit like is it Viola Davis's time? I think it might be. <laughs> uh, which wouldn't be a problem because, you know, Viola Davis is probably fantastic in it because she's been fantastic for years. Uh, but yeah, it looks looks very good. Looks very much like it's gonna be quite hard hitting, but a lot of a lot of feels. You caught me um, mid chewing there. <laughs> Apologies. <laughs> yeah. um, I am. Um... 
I'm very mindful of the fact that listening to people eat on podcasts is horrible, so I am trying to mute my mic, but apologies. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I haven't seen the second trailer yet, but it does kind of seem like there's a, a bit of a narrative forming about Denzel maybe being the first black man to win Best Director. Um, and that would be quite something. And, it would yeah. be quite something, which is, you know, to add to the fact that what he's got two currently. Has he got one for supporting and one for best actor? Uh, yeah, like Glory and Training Day, in it. Yeah, I mean, has anybody done that before? Has anyone done supporting, directing, and actor yeah. as a triple? Right, I, I doubt it. Because I, I, I can't imagine Warren Beatty ever won best supporting actor. No. He got, um, he got best director for Reds, didn't he? And yes. best actor for something, I swear. Um, but yeah, no, it's no, that's yeah, probably not, eh? Um, I mean, Viola Davis is going to win Best Supporting Actress. It's like it's her time, and apparently, it it ticks the showy-ish Oscar Best Supporting Actress kind of boxes. So mm. you know, and, think, and again, like yeah, like that's it. You know. I think what Paolo she's always brilliant in yeah. everything. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, I, I'd be very happy for her to get one because it kind of like be a bit more recognition. I don't think, I think she's, she's, she's very nicely floor on the radar as a, as a character actress for years. And it, it, it seems to be like all of, an, all of a sudden now people are going, oh, Paolo Davis, isn't she great? And it's like, yeah. <laughs> like when like, and people are going, oh, John Hawks, isn't he brilliant? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he is. Oh, did you see me? Yes, I did. Yeah. Oh, you wouldn't know what I was about to say. I know, but I did. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it, it, it looks it looks great. I mean, it's kind of annoying that it's not out here until the start of February. Um, yeah. But, you know, hey. Um, uh, yeah, no, I mean, God, it's that fucking time of year, isn't it, where it's just yeah. like, I kind of want to see all this stuff now for end of year. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll have to see what happens, I suppose, over the next month or so on the internet. Yes. Um, um, whatever could that mean? Um, but yes. Um, do, next do, one would be Goon, uh, the last of the Enforcers. Yeah, Red Band. Good on Jay Baruchel, man. Actually getting this done. I mean, it looks like he just put the camera down and let people just do stuff in front of it. Um, yeah. At least based on this, but Goon got a sequel. Who fucking knew? Yeah, it's it's, it's a strange one, isn't it? That I, I really liked Goon. Um, yeah, yeah. But it, it it what is it? Like two thousand and eleven was it? So it's uh, like five, to be six years, wasn't uh, it? Yeah, no, it was it was no. I think uh, well, yeah, no. Hang on, I it came out over here in early twenty twelve because I remember it was one of the last films I saw at view before I left and that was like early 2012 yeah so that's yeah so it'll be five years in between then which is mad (laughs) that they got a sequel but all power to it um I'll watch it that just reminded me slight tangent almost the last 35 millimeter film I saw projected Almost until I I saw a test uh, like a preview screen of, of Cabin in the Woods that was on thirty five, The Iron Lady. Oh, fuck I would have been fucking I, a, a test screening of Iron Lady. I would have been fuming if that yeah. was the last 
fucking film I saw on 35. I mean, then again, who knows, I might see something on 35 again in the future. But anyway, yeah, no, I mean, it, and like, because everybody's back for it as well, aren't they? Like, Liev Schreiber, Sean William Scott, Alison Pill, um, uh, what's his name, Kim Coates? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, they're, they're all there. Yeah, it, it, the thing is, he, he did a very good thing in casting the first one. Essentially, he cast a lot of people that he kind of knew and that he was mates with. So they're all going to come back for it because they're all his mates. Mm. And I think that there was a lot of love for that film within within the camp. It seems to be quite the um, quite the Canadian thing as well, doesn't it? It yeah. kind of seems like they took it to their uh, they took it to their hearts. I can kind of see it maybe being straight to VOD over here, but. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm all, all over it. it like, and I, I mean, yeah, good on Jay Baruchel, man. Like, he's fucking doing his thing. He doesn't really get all that much attention, but you know, he's, he, I don't know, he seems to be doing a nice little thing for himself where he's not Kevin Smith, where it's like fucking look at me and putting himself out there. He's just quietly doing it, and, and good on him. Well, it was it was interesting when they did the uh, this is the end and they said that you know that everybody's playing just like ridiculous versions of themselves that is mm. nothing like it mm. apart from Jay Baruchel is on lot like that mm. he, he is you know he doesn't like the whole Hollywood thing he is a little bit on the like to see himself as part of the onside of it and Jay Baruchel also did say you know because of all that I am a bit of a whiny bitch about it. Mm. <laughs> Which is, you know, it's fair play to him for, you know, being like that about it. No, exactly. Um, I, mean, I mean, like, he wrote Goon and then he didn't cast himself in the lead. He was just the side guy, you know. Mm. I mean, it, I, good on it. I mean, Sean William Scott kind of feels like it, it didn't quite happen for him. And it, it's nice that he's still got someone backing him up and, and getting him a lead. Right. I mean, Jesus Christ, when was the last time you saw Sean William Scott in anything? Like, actually, American... Um, Reunion. Yeah, well, he, he, he's, he's, he, well, I, I watched um, something with him last year. I can't remember what it's called now off the top of my head. But yeah, he, he's, he's had a few kind of emotional problems, hasn't he? Um, oh, really? Yeah, I, I watched uh, just before I go um, with him in it, which is actually really quite good, actually. To be honest, that uh, it's 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 it's. it's, it's good kind of Tuesday afternoon movie is what I'd say which is what I think I watched it all classic um, but yeah <laughs> um, so yeah but he, he doesn't do a lot uh, which is quite amusing because actually one of his early movies is one that I'll, I'll talk about in my what I've been watching oh, nice. uh, later on so but yeah it, it is nice it'll be nice seeing back on our screens because I actually I do actually quite like watching Sean William Scott and stuff uh, same yeah I, yeah looking forward to this um Okay, Silence. Um, Scorsese does The Wicker Man in Japan. Does seem a little bit like, yeah. Does seem a little bit Wicker Man-y. Um, I'll, watch it. I'll watch the fucking shit out of it. Fuck yeah. I, I, there was so much going on that I was just going, yeah, 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 yes, yes, all of it, yeah. It's, it's Scorsese doing that Scorsese thing of, you can almost, you can actually be look at his his um his cv and you can go right this is one that he thought he had to make this is one that he was hired to make this is what he was convinced to make and this is what he wanted to make this is his passion project mm. and you can kind of boil these down and this is one of his this is his passion project this is his do you know what wolf of wall street made a fuck ton of money what do you want to do silence 
Are you sure? Because nobody will. You just asked me what I wanted to do, and I want to make silence. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be. I don't care. I don't care if it makes no money. You asked me what I wanted to do, and so we could do whatever. I've just made you five hundred million dollars for Wolf of Wall Street, which was an eighteen. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I think I'm just gonna kick off 2017. I think New Year's Day evening. <clears throat> Instead of fucking watching Sherlock, I'm going to take myself to the cinema and I'm just going to bask in this for two and a half hours. You know, I think if you're going to kick off a new year after a 2016, which has not been the greatest, let's do it with Scorsese in with priests in Japan. Why not? You know, because um, I was saying, pardon me, last week about what do I see, um, Assassin's Creed, uh, this, or um, A Monster Calls, and literally, I think I'm going to do Silence on January the 1st, and I, pardon me, and I think I'm going to do Assassin's Creed on the 2nd, (laughs) and you know, I'm just like, I'm going to start my new year the way I mean to go on, you know, high class, and trash masquerading as high class. Yes, yeah. That's a good. I think it's a good way to go about it. Yeah, I'll be doing silence on the on the first without question. Mm-hmm. It's um very 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 exciting. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, apparently it's a bit of a one man show for Andrew Garfield overall. Yeah, um, but I'm intrigued to see what he can do with that with Garfield. Actually, like, okay, here's a big director. This is you acting. It's not you in the Amazing Spider-Man, where you know, yes, you are acting, but there's you're not really you are not really the the sole thing. Or you know, I, I don't know. It's like Andrew Garfield is Spider-Man, but it, like Spider-Man is bigger than the actor who plays Spider-Man. I think it's fair yeah. to say. Whereas this, it's like he's going to have to pull it off, and apparently he really does, you know, and Liam Neeson, best supporting, they're kind of talking about, even though apparently he's only in like two or three scenes. It, I, I, yeah, and apparently the, the, um, like some of the camera work is amazing as well. So, or, you know, all over it, all over it. Yeah. Um, I, I can't wait. And I mean, the, the, the trailer does enough of telling you the story and, and giving you a sense of the atmosphere, but not really, giving you much more than that and that, that that's fine that's all i need we just need that one trailer and then january 1st go see it yeah that's it you don't, you don't we don't need multiple trailers for that fucking film straight up um okay so um let's get into the review so it's the film i couldn't remember the title of allied the film for which i forgot everything about it's directed, uh, even though I watched it yesterday, it's directed by Robert Zemeckis and stars Brad Pitt, Marion Cotillard, Jared Harris, Simon McBurney as the most Simon McBurney, Simon McBurney as ever Simon McBurney's, um, and uh, others. Um, story is, Brad Pitt and Marion Cotillard play um, uh, kind of secret agents for the Allies who get together. Um, oh, and also the German guy from Inglorious Bastards, who I always feel sorry for because it kind of seems like he only ever plays a bastard Nazi. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he plays a good Nazi. Though. He does though. Not he a pl- good Nazi. He, he plays a Nazi well. He, he plays a cunt Nazi really well, and I feel so, I, I bet that guy is lovely in real life as well. Um, it almost feels like he's like like. 
like it's it's the that's the twin brother of the Nazi from what I said <laughs> from Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, no, straight. Yeah, no, straight up. Um, but yeah, yeah anyway, sorry. Um, so they uh, they uh, are kind of teamed up. They don't know each other to um, foil a uh, German plot in Casablanca. Um, and they fall in love, and uh, it's revealed after some time that um, Marion Cotillard may or may not be a German spy, and Brad Pitt has to uh, figure out who his allegiances are with, uh, the Allies or his uh, wife. Um, So, Allied. uh, Robert Zemeckis' second film in two years after The Walk, which... um, is a film completely undone by Pepe Le Pew um, or, or Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Um, but now we have Allied, a film which sees him relying less on the digital trickery um, and more on an actual plot. Mm. Mark, what do you think? It's a peculiar one, uh, I would say, about um, Allied. Um in the sense that this is the third after, after years um, of not of not doing live action movies. Um, like what was it? Was it fifteen years or something like that? Ten years? It, it, we've had three in the space of what four years with Flight as well, um, which actually I think came out early two thousand twelve for us. So like three years, sort of, oh, four, four years, four years, um, and we've had three in a row um, and. They've all been a little bit mixed, really, uh, like a mixed bag within themselves. And Allied is a little bit like that, in the sense that um, it's 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 teamed up two big stars. You know, no 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 working on that. You know, Brad Pitt and Marion Cotillard. You would consider as proper A-listers. Uh, and you know, setting the opening half an hour in, in Casablanca is very much a you are making a statement, I think, with that. Mm-hmm. And also giving it a, a, a kind of a, a, a matinee, wartime matinee sheen to it as well. Also, is a, a stylistic choice that Zemeckis has made with it. The only issue that you have a little bit with, with that is there's not a great deal of genuinely great matinee movies that they're often quite entertaining and everything like that but they're forgettable and throwaway that, that was a kind of point about them but this is trying to not be that so it feels almost like it's um it's fighting against its own kind of style and it's it, it does feel a little bit like a film caught between two stools does it want to go does it want to be um romance like um like, like a a hidden romance film or not, and it, it, it ends up never really quite being, it's not really a war movie, it's not really a matinee movie, and is it really a a, a romance movie? It, it's it's none of them, but there are there is good bits in it, but I do feel a little bit like it was a bit paint by numbers, and it, it, it kind of like, it never through a curveball at any point. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I think that's pretty perfect. I mean, I think the failing of this film is that for all the, like, 
character stuff they're trying and all the uh, relationship stuff they're trying. The thing I'm going to remember most out of it is the scene where the plane nearly hits the house, which I mm. thought was like really well done. It is, yeah, yeah, uh, it was um, a really a really nice looking scene, yeah, a really not, not nice looking, but a very well put together sequence. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it it, it just. You'd want Pitt and Cotillard to come together for something with a bit more meat on the bone, wouldn't you? I mean, there's there's really... It's a perfectly alright one-watch, but I don't know why anyone would ever come back to it. Well, that's it. I, I think that the, 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 the thing is, this isn't Zemeckis' wheelhouse. Yeah. I know the, the whole idea of him doing, for instance, um, this and flight, it, is there... They're different to the usual movies um, that Zemeckis has made, where he predominantly has, has stuck around um, the, the family genre, uh, you know, th- throughout his his career as a director um, and as as a writer, has certainly kind of stuck around that really when you when you look at it. Um, but then, you know, he came out with you know Flight, which was very much um, a 15 allied he's, he's very much a 15 but it did kind of at points feel a little bit like I was watching it going I get it people had sex during the war yeah I mean I I thought through allied that it's like the boy wonder directors of the 80s are a little bit embarrassed and sheepish about sex and maybe it's because of their like upbringing in 50s America or something I mean the the, the sex scene in the sandstorm very much reminded me of the the, the Eric Banner sex scene in Munich Munich, where he literally seems to be fucking out his aggression towards those who massacred his countrymen in the Olympics Um, it, it just in terms of like they're almost with the sandstorm and stuff. It's all so overblown. Yeah. It's like it, did, if, did you feel a little bit uncomfortable watching it? Yeah. It's like if yeah, like if they're gonna do a sex scene, it's got to mean something. Yeah, that as well. That scene would have been fine. And as is well established, I have no problem with sex scenes. Well, you have less of a problem with them than I do. I mean, that's well established. Right. So uh, with that, right, if if it was half as long as it was, and it's not that long, but if it's half as long as it was, if it is, right, it, the, the, the scene finishes um, where he lifts her onto his lap and under the top. There. There you go. With this movie and the tone of this movie, there. You can cut it there. Mm. You then don't need to go further. Mm. Uh, uh, because you're going further, but you're showing essentially the same thing. You're not going more graphic. It just it felt like, why does this need to be a minute? It could be 15 seconds and get across the same point. They fucked. We get it. It doesn't need to be any longer. And you're not doing it so you can go, uh, titty. You're not even doing it because of that, because there isn't the titty yeah. moment. So it, it's, you know, I... And I don't mind seeing Marion Gautier in some kind of tryst. It's very nice. Mm-hmm. But I, I was going, I feel like I'm comfortable watching this. I feel like, I'm, I feel like literally I am a guy 
who has just wandered up on that car and he's just wiping away sand off the windscreen yeah. and then just going to tap it and wave. It felt like that. Yeah, no, I mean, what also doesn't help is the fact that I don't think it's particularly earned. Um, I mean, no. they fall in love very quickly. And you've got that bit where Cotillard... A lot of stuff. Sorry? A lot of stuff happens quite quickly in this movie. Yeah, no, to- yeah, totally. Like the passage of time, it's like boom. The, you know, mm. they, yeah, they've got they've got a kid in the Blitz, which was another really well done sequence. I thought, um, but yeah, I, 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 it's just you know, she's taking off her shirt, and he's like, you know, if people fucked, they're fucked. They end up fucked, you know, and it, it's it's, and he's very this is business, and then suddenly it's oh we might die tomorrow, let's fuck. It just it it feels out of car- character for for him and yeah. the, the I don't know it's interesting that she's the one who's kind of like doing the seducing I suppose but <clears throat> it doesn't feel particularly like he's seduced in that moment just that he's got a boner at the time and why well, not yeah, she, she, she quite literally uh, is using the barrel of the pussy on him that's the whole thing it was because it's cause I've, I've heard things kind of question the, the chemistry that they have in it, mm. in the actual film, um, where I, 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 you always get the feeling, and it could be I remember all spies all the time. It could be retro feeling. It um, going back is that he's absolutely madly, in love and you're not quite sure with her with him. Is that me. just good acting, good directing? Mm. Or is it just a little bit like it's Marion Cotillard? Who wouldn't be in love with her? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It just like it feels like within the space of ten minutes in the film, you've got him telling her to put the shirt on to the scene after where she walks out. And he's like, "You are beautiful," and it, mm. it, 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 I, I, I don't buy it. But later yeah. on, later on in the film, like, I, I think it, it's the strength of. Pit and Cotillard, where I I do buy it, you know I get I get the passage of time through their performance more than I do the the narrative. Um, yeah. And even though, and I will say as well, I thought the second half of the film was lacking because Cotillard basically becomes woman in house who may or may not be bad guy. Yeah, she's. You can do more with Marion Gossiard than than that, but you can do more with the with the film. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it it's there's not a lot happens in that second half of the film, really, or the final act. There's a, there's not a lot happens, and you kind of by that point going, well, do you know what? If this is right, if if she isn't a German spy, or she isn't leaking the information, then this entire movie is fucking stupid. So she is. <laughs> yes, a point. Yeah, I mean the moment where drunk friend says, "Oh, it might just be a test," does feel like okay. Yeah, we just need something. Yeah, more and, to I, question it at this moment in time. It, yeah. And you go, you go, you go. Hang on a minute, right? A, it's not a test. Mm. And B, you you were literally just watching him doing coke in your fucking living room. So, and which again felt weird. Oh, God, yeah, right. But Brad Pitt comes up to to a, a a party that has been thrown for some people, right? Where they're serving stroganoff, right? And he walks in, and his mates doing fucking coke on the um at the, at the fucking kitchen table, and not at the kitchen, the dining room table, 
there's random fucking squaddies asking his sister, um, his sister's lover, to, to, to kiss to get him off, and then he opens his fucking understairs cupboard, and there's two people fucking in it. Yeah, like that. that like, that, that. Well, have a minute. Why are they? Why are they, Why are they at a wartime project X? No, I mean, yeah, that. That yeah, that is awful. I, I do you know what? I'd actually burn that from my mind. But that whole setup is the worst. It's like, who the fuck is this party for? Yeah. How is the kid sleeping upstairs? Yeah, How are the neighbours not really kicking off about it? Yeah, why? Because it's the war and people... Because do you know what? It was established a few seasons ago that there's only two things that aren't rationed in wartime. Champagne and fucking... Yeah, yeah it's... Yeah, no, that 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 whole the whole setup of that scene is ridiculous, but it does contain Jared Harris delivering one of the best bad lines I've seen since Engage the World Machine or whatever it is in Man of Steel. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, which one is it? Show me your chickens. Show me, show me your chickens. Like it, it, it's incredible. Um, yeah, I t- yeah, it just it. It feels like everybody, apart from the visual effects people, are punching below their weight. Yeah. And even the visual effects people, like, was Pitt de-aged in the Casablanca bits? I don't think so, no. I think he's just lost a bit of weight. Because I tell you what, in the nighttime bits, I couldn't... I thought he looked plastic. And that's just Pitt now. Is it... Jesus. Yeah, because he's, 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 he's... he, he, he seemed he seemed leaner uh, than he has done recently. Mm, um, you know, he was never. He, he was. He, I'm not saying Brad Pitt was never fat. He was never fat, but he did. He, he bulked too much. He put on too much bulk, which made him, with the fact that he's that age, look a little bit fat. But he's not. But he's leaned down again now, um, and that it, it carried it carried him better. I think in this, it made him look a little less. I'm going to use the word puffy, but I don't mean in that way. I mean in the way that it's supposed to mean. <laughs> yeah, no, no, sure. I mean, it, it's interesting. I mean, Brad Pitt's at an interesting point of his career now where, you know, the acting's got to get him by more than his looks. And Yes, he, he, he's not quite followed the trajectory of that everyone thought he would do of Robert Redford of still being... People still look at him when he's, like, in his 60s and going... He's still a fucking good-looking guy. Yeah. He's not—he's not only guy, but he's—he's his level of attractiveness has has decreased, not to like a depth levels of 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 decreasement, uh, but it still has a little bit. He's not quite as attractive as he was before. Yeah. I think he should grow a beard. That would I mean, be he, good. I think I think that that'd carry him a little bit better. But I mean, it, it just—I think the leading man role of this this particular kind. I think he it might might be done. Um, hmm. I I I you know I I think. I, I, I but then again I mean I I don't know maybe not it just there's 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 a bit of a passage of time here and I I don't know it just it feels like big action film he's not really going to be able to do but this kind of feels like it's trying to be something worthy but isn't quite hitting it it kind of i don't know it kind of feels like maybe he should go into more character actor type stuff rather than leading dashing leading man even if it is dashing leading man with baggage um 
I mean, you know, because he's 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 really good in the big short. He just kind of pops up there, and he's he's good in Twelve Years a Slave, and he just pops up there, you know. And, yeah, and he's 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 he also as well. You know, that's it. I, I thought he was very good in this. I thought he was good. I just. I think he's kind of outacted by Marion Cotillard, and when they're not together as much, yeah. I think that it it does actually it does actually hurt it. Um, like you're never ever, I never felt like he was going to go against his wife. Like it, it, towards the end, where it's like the real blah blah played the piano, I never got the feeling he was going like, to shoot in the face. No, yeah, it it was just it was never going to happen, and maybe that's a part of the narrative as well, where he's so full on, no, 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 right from the like right from the start, and it never really lets up. Um, and again, mm. you know, they they artificially add a moment of tension in the prison when, uh, like, the, the the drunk guy says just as he's walking off, oh, but she was great at the piano. And, you know, it almost feels like they're just adding little things in there to literally just keep it going before it runs out of gas, like a, a quick little, like, £5 fill-up at the, the the petrol station just to keep it going. Um, and, I mean, to be fair, the film could have been shorter. It, it, it probably would have been nice. It's a smidge over two hours. And, I, you know, I, I think the, the kind of the... The section where he's finding stuff out, like the bit where he sees his like his old friend who's the burn victim, kind of feels a bit like, did we actually need that? Yeah. Um. I, to be fair, the party sequence did not need to be as long as it did, but then the the, the plane crashing down was really really good. So it was I a nice payoff with that one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. Totally. So, um, even though it was like I the think it's... yeah. Sorry, one. Marion think it's written by the guy who, who wrote Peaky Blinders. Yeah, and uh, Locke and Eastern Promises and Dirty Pretty Things. Um, yeah, so and he's got that new... I think he... Has he again, I way off by it. Has he co-wrote that new thing that um, Tom Hardy's got that's going to be on next year? Oh, uh, Taboo. I think Taboo, he that's it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think he might have, actually. So, yeah, that's yeah. the thing. He's, he's he, he kind of feels like he's a well-respected guy. But I, I don't know, it just... It, like you said, it's caught between two stools. It doesn't quite know what it wants to be, and it ends up just being a bit. Eh. I mean, I, 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 it's not shit. There, there, there is not. there there is too much quality in it to call it shit. Yeah, I, 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 absolutely. It, it's this. Like you see, it, it, it's. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna go definitely not shit with it because I, I do think it is definitely not shit. But like you said. Um, I mean, I'll probably watch it again because I've only watched it again with, with Bex at some point. Mm. But I could see it going one of two ways there. I, either I'm going to watch it again with Bex and she's going to go, oh, what do you think on a second watch? I'm going to go, it falls apart on a second watch. Or I'll go, do you know what? Enjoyed it more that time knowing that, yes, everything that is going to happen just happens. And it, is. But that, that's the thing. It is everything that's going to happen happens. The, the, the thing is, though, I think when you rewatch it, I don't think there's going to be any, you know, there's not even going to be the breadcrumbs, you know, like they explain it no. away so well. That it's like, oh, they actually turned out that he was a dissident that Hitler wanted killed. And, you know, it, 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 it just you are learning things as Brad Pitt is learning things, which is fair enough. But it means on a rewatch, there's not going to be like 
anything really there. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, I mean it, it, in the end of the day, did Brad Pitt actually have to get invited to that ball? Not really. If Hitler wanted the dissident dead, she probably would have just done it herself and got killed. You know, so it kind of takes away from the tension of that that scene. Which, by the way, him like, I'll oh, shuffle the cards. Yeah, all right then. I'm just going to do this fucking amazing thing that even though I'm a phosphate research or minor, whatever it is, I'm going to like play with these cards like I'm fucking playing with your wife's bomb hole or something you know it just it it, it doesn't make and it and it is it is a little bit like i'm sorry robert right you managed to make tom hanks into like loads of different characters in cg in polar express yet you can't make a man's hands look like brad pitt's actually shuffling those fucking cards yeah yeah, yeah. i mean it, it's kind 20 of years later. the way it literally like cuts away and i mean it's almost parodic um yeah it, it, yeah that that's brutal um but i mean the the the, the recreation of war-torn london is really well done um lizzie kaplan i thought was actually unrecognisable because I only discovered it was her about 10 minutes ago looking through the IMDB page thinking shit I meant to find out who that was um, I, I, and, and fair play I, I mean it's technically it's really good I mean the opening is great like the way it starts with like in the air and the parachuting down I mean that that's a great little way to open a film um, yes, yeah, stylistically, it, it it it's very it, it it's very nice. And it's very nice to look at, which which helps. I think the film, you know, it helps keep you keep you there. It, it, it's it, it's a film made for the audience. It, it, it's it's pumping fun, which and, is oh, fine. And also, I will just say, a uh, big fan of the font in in the credits and whatnot, which is a, a Zemeckis kind of favourite, that font. Yeah. And the way that the font just starts with the crawl straight away, which I I swear Zemeckis has used before. Um, yes, yes, yeah. Big fan of that. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's nice that Zemeckis is still around and, and, and still doing this stuff. And um, I, I don't know, I just wish it was better. Yeah, I'm the same as that. It's It's not terrible by any stretch of imagination but it's also I wouldn't say it's disappointing but it is it, it's very six and a half out of ten. Yeah I mean I, I gave it a seven on Letterboxd I think I'm, See, o- I, I think I'm, I'm okay with that. Give it a seven. I might even give it a seven because it feels like that and I, I, like I say, I, I'm definitely not shit on it. Um and um, our audience as well, um, definitely not shit 40%, touching okay. cough 20%, and shit 40%. So that's quite yeah, that, mixed. Really. I, I think that's kind of fair, to be fair. I, I could easily see... I couldn't really see people liking it much more, but I could see why people would just be like, nah. Yeah. You know, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it had enough for me personally, but yeah, no, and, and obviously you, but um, I, it, it does kind of feel like this will very much be a forgotten entry for pretty much all involved yeah yeah it will it'll be yeah it'll it'll be remembered for the fact that it, it was it was these two people in it but beyond that not a lot really yeah it, i mean it, it, it's it, this year's monuments men yeah no yeah 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 jesus um 
Okay, so let's get into what else we've been watching there, Mark. And do you want to take it away? Do you want to split it up a bit like we did last week? Or yeah, we can do. Yeah, uh, and also I think we've got we have a couple of crossovers. Uh, oh, okay, well, cool. Uh, nice. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, so we, we can do it like we did last week where I'll, I'll throw some in there, then we'll you throw some, then we'll do our crossovers, and then we'll go back in. But yeah, cool. Um, all right, the first one I'll do, then I'll do um, I'll do my train ride watches that I watched on the iPad on a train ride down to uh, my head office. Um, so on Wednesday at half past six in the morning, um, I rewatched Brian De Palma's Snake Eyes. Well, that's the perfect um, time for it. It is the perfect time for it. Uh, yeah, so... Um, I think you rewatched this. Was it early this year or was it last year you rewatched Snake Eyes, this? Nah, man, not for a good few years. Is this on Netflix or something? Uh, no, I, I actually watched it on. I, I downloaded it on the Sky Go app. Um, there, oh, yeah. Snake Eyes was was one of my first DVD purchases. Um, so I watched it quite a lot on DVD then, and I actually saw Snake Eyes in the cinema as well. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I've been meaning to rewatch it for a while, and uh, my train ride was just over two hours long. So Snake Eyes is under a hundred minutes long, which makes it the perfect kind of like thing to watch on, on that kind of journey. And I thought oh, that'd be great to sit there and, and, and let it kind of wash over me. And I was expecting sort of like the zany. I remember a lot of the zany caginess of it all. Um, uh, and then you know you've got De Palma doing split screens and bits like that and the overblown scores and everything like that and you, you get all that um, but what kind of threw me a little bit with Snake Eyes was it it, it holds up really fucking well um, and it's really really quite good mm. which I remember enjoying it near 20 years ago but I didn't expect that watching it there I'd finish it and go fuck why haven't I watched that in years it's really fucking good it's Cage is we were saying last week weren't we or I was saying last week that are we getting to the point now where we're misremembering Cage and we're thinking he used to be yeah. good but actually he, he never was um, and you go back to this and you realise that yeah he, he, he was there was a period uh, where Cage was, was very good um, and I think this is towards the end of that period and it's where the craziness is starting to take over whereas you know in the mid to you know the, the mid 90s he kind of he harnessed the craziness a little bit and it managed to just put you know someone put their arms around it and gone yeah you can just not quite be that crazy, Nick, and he's gone, all right, and then, then from, like, the 2000s, he just went, rah! Yeah. Um, and this is a little bit of that, but it makes sense, because the character's supposed to be like that, but he's also still quite good at his job, but also as Gary Sinise, who was great, because he was in loads of movies around this time, and he was always quite good in them, and we get a young uh, Carla Gugino as well in there, uh, and it's kind of got that... Um, all set in over one night, but then you've got the the conspiracy angle of it. So it's you know it's part fucking die hard and part Chinatown, which makes no sense. But it's the Palmer, and you can imagine the Palmer thinking it's like die hard in Chinatown. It's China hard, <laughs> which which you could imagine. De Palma saying, you can imagine him sat there going, you know, holy mackerel, I've got China hard. Um, so it's, it's, it's ridiculously good. It looks 
fantastic. The score is great because essentially you've got a a straight up genre pick, but with this fucking overbearing score behind it. And then you've got, like I say, the split screens and is it, it's, it, who's who's the composer? Is it Pino Donaggio? No, it's not. It's uh, Rinshu uh, Sakamoto. Oh uh, shit! Right, okay. Uh, and yeah, and it's 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 very. <laughs> It's it's very big and operatic and it, it, it's it's eliciting so much more portents than it actually should be in this movie, but it, it kind of feels right for it. It, it feels de Palmeri. Um and you watched it going. Do you know what? All you people that are in this movie, you know, Nick Cage, Gary Sneeze, Carla Gugino, um going right down to like Louis Guzman's there um, and uh, sort of John uh, Head's there as well you get the feeling that these all these guys could all just make this movie now exactly the same we'd view it completely differently mm. because because it'd be shot on digital so it wouldn't look as nice um, and it'd go straight to VOD so we'd already think it was a little bit Below cinematic class, anyway. Oh, fuck, that's depressing. You're right. This would be straight to VOD, wouldn't it? It would. Um, you know, and but it was great at this time that we could get a film, you know, that was directed by Brian De Palma, written by um, David Kep, and starring Nick Cage and Gary Sinise. That that opened, and this movie made a lot of money. Well, not, it made a decent amount of money for a for a movie this time. It made over a hundred million. Mm. It's just it cost over seventy million That's because Nick Cage mental, could, yeah. Well, Nick Cage could command a massive yeah. salary. Yeah, you know, he he was still basking in the glory of um, Con Air. Yeah, but yeah, what, what glory that was. Con Air, yeah. Uh, Con Air, seriously, I, I need to re-watch Con Air. That has been way too long. Yeah, Con Air, I watched it not too long ago. Con Air holds the fuck up. Yeah, okay, that's good to know. Whereas uh, Face Off doesn't. Mm. Face Off is, 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 is terrible. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, um, but yeah, honestly, um, I, would, I would move it up here. I want to re-watch it list because... I was quite shocked at how much I enjoyed my rewatch of it. And I'll tell you now, it must have been a decade since I last watched it, probably even longer. It won't be that long again. It'll probably get watched every couple of years now. Okay. Um, if, if it ever comes up on... I'll tell you what I'm going to do right now. I'm going to check oh, on iTunes. see how much it is on iTunes. The thing is, um, Disney aren't very big on the making stuff cheaper. No. And I believe it was like a Hollywood Pictures thing at the time, if I remember it correctly. It was indeed, yeah. If this movie is uh, 5.99 or below, then I'll, I'll be buying it. Oh, do you know what? This might be a it's, good one for Noel for the for the project. Yeah, it's 8.99. And that's the ridiculousness of it, because that shouldn't be 8.99. It should be 5.99 or 4.99. Did we did we agree on a price limit or was it just whatever no, anybody wants wh- to go with? Whatever you want to pay. Um, yeah, I think you need to ask Noel if he's ever watched it because then it will give me an excuse to watch it. We no. we will we will discuss this more in in the future, uh, listeners. Um, yes, that, that that cryptic little conversation there will be yeah. discussed further in the future. Yeah, it will make sense. Yeah. Um, so coming back from um, my uh, so I set up at six in the morning and I was coming back. At around 
eight o'clock at night. Mm. Um, I decided to... Well, last week we watched um, Dog Eat Dog, uh, and we noticed that we'd actually covered uh, the previous Porsche Raider movie, um, which was Canyons, except it wasn't... Oh, fuck, did you know, what, oh sweet, okay, it, yeah, It I'm was ready. Dying of the Light. I'm ready. Nick Cage. So I decided... Because I was flicking through, uh, looking for something to uh, download onto my iPad to watch, um, and I happened to scroll past Dying of the Light, and so I thought, yep, downloading that motherfucker. So I downloaded Dying of the Light. Um, now, Dying of the Light opens um, with Nick Cage's character, uh, Evan Lake, who is a um, CIA uh, agent, being tortured by a guy mm. who's trying to get some information out of him to get a, a mole in uh, his office. And all he's asking him for is a name, just a name. And all Nick Cage's character ever late keeps doing is he just keeps reciting his own name, which is his alias. Despite the fact that the guy who's hitting him uh, in the face with a cricket bat um, keeps telling him, no, you're not, you're called Evan Lake and I need to know the name of the mole in your office. And he keeps just saying, you know, that he's his alias. And then all of a sudden, you know, the rest of the guys pile in and there's an explosion and everybody dies, but Cage. And then it fast forwards to, I think it's 20, uh, 18 years later, I think it is. I'm not 22 years later, it is. Um, fast forwards to that. Um, so, yeah, so it, it's, it's fast forward to that. Um, Sorry, did you just get a WhatsApp? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, yeah, man, I feel really bad for Noel. He's fine, everybody's okay, but yeah. that would frustrate the living shit out of me. I'm not going to say just in case, but um, yeah, that's really yeah. annoying. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, so fast forward um, 20 years, 22 years later, and he's essentially being retired uh, because they found out that they know that he's um, he's got a brain um, he's got a, uh, dementia he's got brain uh, dementia he's got brain dementia yeah okay. I'm sure he's got a brain disease and I remember that it was actually dementia that he had um, <laughs> but Sorry. he's convinced right that the guy who was torturing him is still alive despite the fact everybody says he's dead right right and then Anton Yelchin, who also worked in his office at the CIA, finds out that this guy might actually be alive. Right. And so Anton Yelchin gives him the gives him this evidence that he might be still alive. So Nick Cage goes to his bosses and says, "Look, I've got evidence that this guy is is still alive." And they go, "We don't give a fuck. Uh, we're retiring you." And he just loses his shit. <laughs> Everybody. And so Anton Yelchin ends up just going and saying, you know what, fuck it, let's go find him in Bucharest ourselves. And so Anton Yelchin, yes, Anton Yelchin yeah. and Nick Cage yeah. go off to try and find this um, Middle Eastern uh, terrorist who is also dying as well um, of a, a blood disease that he's got. And that's kind of tracked him down, which leads to, I'll fast forward because the majority of this film is absolute bobbins, right? Mm. It leads to one of the weirdest showdowns ever <laughs> between Nick Cage, who is having a dementia moment, 
who he's facing off against the terrorist who essentially almost beat the life out of him, which has caused him to get dementia later on and caused him to have to sit behind a desk rather than be a field agent like he was before. Um, he's also on his deathbed in front of him and they have a fight. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I promise this is true. <laughs> right? Nick mm. Cage's character, Evan Lake, kills him by poking him in the eye. That's pretty solid. Right? Not not like like fucking pushes his thumbs into his eyes like in twenty eight days later and um what's it? Uh other films when they do that. No, literally pins him down and pokes him in the eye and gets his finger stuck in his eye and then pulls it out and I I don't know if it's there. Uh, or not it might be it might not but I swear this is the noise that I heard in my head through my head <laughs> watching this on my iPad as he pulled his finger out I heard yeah ow it might not have been there my brain might have gone this was the noise and thrown it in there no I, I, point, I, I could see that by that point I was clapping on a train with my headphones in going bravo Bravo, you magnificent piece of straight to be on this shit. That's pretty solid. Yeah, it's uh, it's cage in full cage mode. Mm. At points. He actually, at, at one point, goes... Bah, 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 at some of his superiors. Sure. <laughs> and you just got unfortunately going... That is just Cage's audition tapes for like the past fucking ten years. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it, it, it's it's not very good. It's not very good. I don't know. It sounds like run, don't walk to dying of the light. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> it's it's better than dog eat dog. Oh, fucking anything's better than dog eat dog. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah. So I'll 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 let you do a couple now, and then we'll we'll, we'll we can then segue into the the ones that we've crossed over. Okay, cool, man. So um, I'll I'll talk about the whaling then. So um, this is now on um, VOD and was in limited release in cinemas. I believe it was uh, a, a, a refugee of the um, the, the Metrodome um, uh, closure. Oh, was it? If I remember correctly. Um, at least in the UK. However, the 20th Century Fox logo appears at the start of it, which was weird. Apparently, 20th Century Fox Korea were involved. Yes. Um, so this is directed by the guy who directed The Chaser and The Yellow Sea. I'm going to get his name up. Now, The Yellow Sea, I really want to watch because it was... I may have mentioned this on the show before. Nah, Hong Jin. Yeah, yes, that's exactly it. Thank you. The Yellow Sea. Uh, flicking through the pages of, I believe, Empire one month, saw an ad for the DVD of the LOC with the greatest review quote I've ever seen. <laughs> what was it? The stabbiest movie ever made. <laughs> uh, which is quite something. I think that quote actually came from Total Film, if I remember correctly. So um, I haven't seen The Chaser or The LOC, even though The Chaser... Um, bless him, um, Giles Edwards, uh, formerly of Metrodome, actually sent me a copy of The Chaser. He sent um, a, a review copy of The Secret, uh, the Secret of the Eyes to me, um, uh, like a good while back. And um, he also sent a copy of The Chaser, and I never watched the fucking thing. 
Um, Giles is not listening to this, but if he ever does, I apologise profusely, and I will watch The Chaser. Mm-hmm. I, I still have the DVD, um, and I think it's still in its cellophane. I'm a prick. Um, but The Wailing... Uh, four forty nine on iTunes to rent in HD at the moment, and uh, I, I, it's worth a go. Um, so uh, this is another example of twenty sixteen being a bit of a renaissance in horror for me. Frankly, um, I have liked more horror films in twenty sixteen than I think I probably liked in the last five years combined. Um. it's been a decent year for horror this year actually yeah especially mainstream horror which is strange straight up yeah i'm I'm actually working on um something for 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 the site at the moment just about horror and how i'm yeah uh, and and how i'm very pleased with it this year um both mainstream and and kind of indie which in a way you could slot this in with but you know like in in south korea this was quite a big deal um so the wailing um I suppose in a way there's not too much you can say about the story, but um, it opens up with a uh, uh, a police detective who reminded me of basically a police detective version of um, uh, the lead character in The Host. Um, like, kind of like, kind of like, bit overweight, rubbish father, barely seems to be getting on in life. Actually, indeed, there's, there's actually... Um, a thing about him sleeping on the job, which I believe the uh, the guy in the host also does. So it yes. kind of does feel like that's a almost stereotypical portrayal of a deadbeat dad in in South Korea or something. But um, basically, yeah, he's um, well, he's a police officer. He's not a detective. He's not that fucking far up by the looks of it. But um, he gets drawn into an investigation where um, random bouts of madness seem to be overtaking people and people don't know why um there's suspicion that it might just be due to wild mushrooms causing hallucinations um other people might think it might be something more um uh, supernatural and there is a strange japanese man who moved into the area who always seems to be lurking around when stuff happens and um suspicion points to him um it then turns into a combination of almost slapstick comedy at moments. Um, All right. Yeah, yeah, weirdly so. Um, like, there's actual genuinely really funny moments in this film, particularly in the earlier sections. Um, I mean, it does that South Korea thing of, of tone shifting quite a lot. Yeah. Um, and even when it because they do it a lot actually in 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 those type of South Korean and Japanese movies tend to do that quite a lot often. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly, and um, it, it it totally fits that bill. Um, and even when the the, the 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 kind of the more horror stuff ramps up later on, there's one sequence in particular that I actually laughed out loud at, and I'm hoping it was intentional. Um. I, I, I don't know, I'd be intrigued to see if people know what I'm talking about. There's a confrontation between several men and someone else, which the haplessness of the men, I thought, was rather amusing. Um, but anyway, um, it then turns into kind of zombie film at times, kind of possession film at times, kind of encounters potentially with Satan at times film which 
somehow manages to feel of a piece in itself, but if it was in pretty much any other film, it would be an absolute mess, but it seems to be able to keep itself consistent somehow, and I think that might be because of its length as much as anything else. It's two hours, 34 minutes long, um, and it, um, in a way, it feels it. Um, the, like, the opening, the opening hour and the last half hour are pretty great and there's moments in the middle hour which are great but there are also moments where it is a little bit like i could be getting on with it here a little bit please um but when it's on it's on um there's i like the 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 last half hour which is a great combination of of kind of tension through situation but then also just really really creepy visuals um it is 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 fantastic and the and the opening where it is a little bit comedy before it 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 turns into something else is is really quite stand out as well it it the the thing is without doing a spoiler review it's kind of, it, it is kind of hard to say what's really interesting about it but i think Maybe you should get it watched before the end of the year, Mark. Oh, that good then. I, I would really be intrigued. Oh, I'll, I'll try and get it watched uh, in the next couple of weeks. Then. Yeah, I mean, it's not. I, I'll say it's not going to be in my top ten. Um, but it, it. I don't know. I, I kind of feel bad saying this, but given the fact that it's been quite hyped, and I'm saying. I really quite enjoyed it. I almost wonder whether it would be in your disappointments list or whether you'd just be like, yeah, that was pretty fucking good. Ah, so it could go either way. Yeah, I, 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 I actually don't... We haven't covered a lot of South Korean stuff on this podcast. I mean, again, in in, in the, the little thing I'm writing, it, it I, I kind of remark that it, it seems like the, the, the time of Etat in Asia Extreme was mm. late 90s to early noughties, and it kind of feels like there hasn't been much crossover since. Like, I'd really like to get Train to Busan um, watched by the end of the year, if I can. Yeah, I would as well, yeah. Yeah, and it, it kind of feels like between the two of them, it, it feels like maybe South Korea's kind of back in, in, in that particular aspect. And, um, yeah, I'd really, really, really like to get your thoughts on this and maybe do more of a spoilery discussion once we have, uh, once you have. Ah. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd kind of like to get into it with the whaling, to be honest. Um, there, there, there's, there's quite a lot to chew on. Ah, cool. I'll, I'll get it watched next couple of weeks then. Sweet, man. I, yeah, that'd be good. Um, all right. So I'm just going to get my, uh, letterbox list up because I have actually kind of blanked. Um, I am a few cans in now though, so bear with me. Um. But yeah, I mean, it, it was a two and a half hour long, like South Korean film that I started at like half nine in the evening, and I got through the whole thing, like pretty easily. To be fair, um, okay. So um, I'll just I'll, I'll I'll rattle through a few, and then I'm going to go through a wee if that's all right. But um, uh, anthropoid. 
which... Uh, oh, yes. Yeah, uh, Jamie Dornan, Killian Murphy, directed by Sean Ellis, who did uh, Metro Manila. Um, it's all right. Um, it kind of feels like the material and the cast kind of deserve better than this was. Um, you know, it, it's the, the, the Czechs in World War Two trying to make a stand against the Nazis. The Nazis are bad. They're facing really, like, impossible odds. First hour is quite an interesting thing where you've got these guys kind of embedding themselves in, in this society and, you know, the, 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 the men start relationships and it, there's kind of a tension about it all. Uh, and then the second hour is shit's kind of kicked off and then it's basically... They're hiding. Are they going to be found out? And it's that for an hour. And uh, there's uh, quite a bit of a shootout in the last 20 minutes. And it that, that's kind of it, really. Murphy and Dornan don't really get a lot to do. Um, <laughs> and uh, I mean, like they're, they're on screen a lot, but they don't really get a lot to do, if that makes sense. They're just kind yeah. of they're doing... Czech resistance fighter things, really. Um, I, I actually really need a wee, sorry. But, um, I, I mean, I don't actually think it, it deserves that much talking about, to be honest. It's fine. It is underwhelming, and I think it should have been better. Yeah, okay, so I'll, uh, I'll talk about a couple other things. I'm trying to guess the crossovers. I think I know one, um, but so I'll leave that, but... I'm trying to leave the others. I'm going to do the ones I don't think were crossovers. Um, so the Good Dinosaur, which I think I'm the only person in the world outside of Pixar who's watched the Good Dinosaur more than once. I think you're the only person in the world that's watched the Good Dinosaur more than once. That's over the age of seven. Yeah. So well, there's a reason. Um, so uh, I actually um, took Lottie to see it as part of the Cineworld movies for juniors um, because. I'll be honest, all the other stuff that's playing on Movies for Juniors is either too is too old for her or we own it. Um, like, Secret Life of Pets, they play every fucking week and it came out like a month ago on iTunes. Like, she's watched that film six or seven times already. Um, so, hey. Um, whereas The Good Dinosaur, we, we don't own. Um, I tried to sit her down in front of it when, it when I first watched it and she lasted like 20 minutes. But fair play, it's a PG. It's got some PG-rated shit in it and she watched the whole thing. She was scared and she was covering her eyes for a, for a couple bits of it. But I got her through it. So that has me pleased um we're gonna go see moana at the weekend um it's mummy coming for the first time as well so i think that's going to be quite the trip for a lot a lotty but um yeah uh, the good dinosaur is not great um all the, have you seen it i've not no no it's, it's the lowest grossing pixar movie of all time oh, yeah, which it's, means... one, it's the only one that made a loss i believe Second one, I don't think a book's like made a profit of oh, it. Okay, okay. But yeah, no, it's it's such a fucking mishmash. Like, it doesn't know whether it wants... I mean, it had really troubled development, but it doesn't know whether it wants to be um, something a bit more profound. There are moments in That's there. That's what a book like did just make a profit. Oh, okay, there you go. Um, but th there are moments that are, are like... It's trying to be quite profound and beautiful, 
Uh, I mean, like the the poster art, which I'm looking at on Letterboxd, that's in one scene. Uh, these kind of like light up bug things, and it is lovely. Um, but then it's also got some really really kiddie stuff as well. But then it's also got a scene where this random like triceratops is trying to steal the boy and he's like saying if you can name him first then i get to keep him and he's like killer psychopath murderer and it's like whoa what the fuck and it, it just kind of feels like it's out something or something else altogether it, it, it it's a mess is the good dinosaur but uh, it looks really nice i'll say that um the huntsman winter's war you're, you're the one person that's watched that. Okay, yeah, you didn't watch that. I didn't think you did. Okay, so uh, the Huntsman Winter's War. It's the sequel nobody asked for. Um, and nobody asked for it. Um, <laughs> it, it. It's Frozen meets Snow White and the Huntsman. <laughs> Emily Blunt plays the blonde-haired one from Frozen. <laughs> yeah, it sounds terrible. I don't know. I mean, it's 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 actually all right when it's on. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 fine when it's on. Like they they all do their thing, and Chris Hemsworth's quite fun. Jessica Chastain and Chris Hemsworth have to play Scottish, which is interesting. Um, in a way, uh, Emily Blunt is it. I don't know, Emily Blunt, like her character arc is really like quite backwards. It's basically she's evil because she wasn't able to be a mother. Uh, like, really, really, in this day and age, you're gonna do that and, and think you're not gonna get shit for that. Um, I, I mean, to be fair, I don't think enough people saw this film for it to be given shit for anyway. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, it, it, I don't know. It, it was all right when it was on. It, it was, it, it just, no one will ever think about it again. It, it just, except for 2016 seems to have been a year where unwanted sequels have actually done badly. Um, which is, which is something. Um, okay, I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to leave it there. I'll throw it back to you. Right, well, we'll talk about... Uh, let's talk about Sea of Trees. Oh, let's fucking do it. All right, okay. Yeah, I'm so go on then. Talk about it. Okay, fine. Um, so... I'll, I'll, I'll let you lead in with this one. <laughs> so uh, this is uh, directed by Gus Van Sant, um, Matthew McConaughey, Ken Watanabe, Naomi Watts, uh got pretty much booed out of Cannes last year. Um, has not got distribution in the UK yet, as far as I'm aware. Um, released by A24 in the US, who are kind of like the hip, hip boutique label that uh, released Ex Machina and The Witch in a most violent year over there. I think they did American Honey as well, but they picked up The Sea of Trees for some reason. Um, so, The Sea of Trees. Matthew McConaughey plays a man who is sad and suicidal because his wife has died. He goes into the suicide forest, which Natalie Dormer also went into in The Forest. Uh, Natalie Dormer's Suicide Forest. Natalie Dormer. That's, 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 that's a great band name. Yeah, that actually that is a great band name. Um, he's in there. 
is about to kill himself. And then Ken Watanabe as mystical... Ken Watanabe. Yeah, magical Asian man pops up. And uh, for some reason teaches Matthew McConaughey that he doesn't want to die. Yeah. I mean, this, this film, actually, by the end of it, I was genuinely questioning what in this film has actually changed Matthew McConaughey's mind. Yep. I, do you know what I was questioning? Spoilers. F- we're going to have to. Spoilers. Yeah, we have to spoil it. Why is F. Gary Gray a producer yeah, I know, on this that's movie? amazing. I mean, it's I, I, just weird. Pietro Scalia, who edited it, gets a producer credit as well. And it, it, it's like, what was going on there? Did he originally want to direct it or some shit? I mean, usually it's... executive producers and stuff are like people who were involved in development and were maybe going to direct it earlier on who then don't. Yeah. But yeah, F. Gary Gray gets a producer credit. Yeah. It's a really strange movie in that it's, it's really weird uh in a sense that that everybody who's in it is quite good in it yeah um because it because they're all very good actors you know mcconaughey is very good ken watabe is very good now what is very good Mm. um the story is it is an interesting one Uh, the idea of the story is an interesting one it's just i was a little bit like Hang on a minute. Is this the second movie this year that I'm watching where you have somebody in a forest talking to their imaginary friend? But this one didn't contain a farting corpse. And, yeah, it's... It's really... It's strange. Because I've watched it going... I'm wanting to have more of an emotional connection to this. But it's done no groundwork for me to have it at all, which is kind of its thing. But then it's it's playing out too much like a, it's similar to Ally, like a by the numbers, what's it? And it, it, it just, it, 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 it seems like a lot of good ideas that haven't quite made a good film. All the bits are there. But it's just not worked because there's not enough story there to make it work. No, I mean, what... I don't know. I mean, what I... I I was watching it. I was thinking, right, I don't really know why people have piled on this film as much as they have. You know, it's not really doing anything of particular note. But Mm. at the same time, it's not aggressively shit no no but um then the film reveals itself as basically the plot twist being how naomi watts's character dies and i i mean the thing is i the, the film makes you think certain things about why her character dies throughout and by, I, I I don't know. By the end of it, it it just like it just feels like wow, she had a really 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 shit time. You've got the opening section of flashbacks where it kind of feels like maybe she was an alcoholic and she got depressed and killed herself, 
and then it's yeah. oh no, she actually died of some sort of inoperable cancer, and then as soon as they say it's malignant, it's like okay, let's guess how she's gonna die. Yeah. And as soon as he gets in the car behind her in the ambulance, it's all right, fine. You know. She's going to get T-boned. All right, fine. Yeah. Just waiting for it to happen. And the, the thing is, it's like, what are the intentions of, 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 of the filmmakers here? Is it actually to has, have us guessing at this stuff? Because otherwise, why is all this stuff there? It's just misery upon misery. Yeah, it, it is though. I mean, it's pretty much misery porn. And but yeah. then you've got it. You've got like seemingly profound bits. Like I, I found this actually almost offensive, where she's saying like, "I think everybody deep down knows the perfect place they want to die." No, no. Do you know what? No, no. I yeah. no. There, there is no perfect place I want to die. Yeah, what? make sure you find your perfect place, and then he fucking and buys Googles. the house. And oh, oh, uh, and then he googles it. Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> fucking. I mean, like that is. Uh, make sure you find the perfect place to die. He literally googles the perfect place to the die. Place to die. I, I. It just that this film does not help itself. I mean, and also can and like you say the cast. The only reason for me why this film is not a one-star film is because the cast are all putting in a shift. Um, yeah. Ken Watanabe, I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. I mean, what is he saddled with? Basically, he gets maybe three lines in which to give a bit of backstory, and then the rest of it is... I have to be the mystical man who bounces off platitudes so that Matthew McConaughey says stuff. Yeah. Like, it, I mean, Christ, if I was Ken Watanabe, I'd be looking at this going, are you f- actually fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah, it could be a little bit. It, does, it, 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 it all feels very much like when Gus Van Sant does this type of movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I mean, he is a, a, a profoundly frustrating director, Gus Van Sant, yeah. because every now and then he's fucking brilliant. Yeah. And then. But every now and then he's. Absolutely. He, he's Sea of Trees. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, the, the, I mean, the thing is. Gets to the hospital and it's like there was there was no man of that description who went to the forest. It's like, oh, fuck it, come on. And then <laughs> you know he finds the coat, lifts it up. What what what's there? Like an orchid or something? Oh come on! And, <laughs> and, and then not only that, but then you have the 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 Japanese names and what did they actually mean? And it was like her favorite season and her favorite color. But he thought yeah. it was the. Ken Watanabe's daughter's name, uh, uh, wife and daughter's name. I, it's just, I mean, okay. How how did you know those Japanese words? Because you were making this up in your head, and why did you know? Or were you making this up in the head in your head? Or is the suicide forest a magical place where orchids grow? And I, I it was just oh, privileged white man, you've had a really rough deal but now mystical asian man in japan complete with in the soundtrack is is going to show you why you need to go back to your actually rather sweet looking house 
and and live your life despite the fact that you were a shit to your wife. I it, it, I think sometimes they, they were shits to each other as well. I think. Well, no, I mean, they, they, yeah, they they, 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 yeah, they totally were. But I, I don't know. It just, it's a real. I mean, it's a frustrating film, man. And I, I, it, 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 it I, you. you I hope listeners know we don't like to pile on, but The Sea of Trees is a fucking bad film. It's, it's... I just... I don't get how those people involved could make something so... meh. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's worse than meh. I mean, like, that last half hour or so really, really did me in. I, I like, the... The the, 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 the the fact that it's actually a twist how his wife dies like that's there's some there's something really wrong with that I think I don't I don't know I it, it, I don't know I, I'm as as we all know I'm getting more sensitive to this kind of thing but it, it just I, it, it does feel, become misery bomb yeah it feels like it's really try actively trying to crank your gears. Yeah, and uh, it, 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 it intensely bothersome. Intensely bothersome. I, uh, it's guaranteed to be in my bottom ten of the year. Guaranteed. Yo. Hello. Yes. So the the other one that we I think we crossed over on it wasn't actually this week. It was a last week movie that you watched that I said I watched this week, uh, and it's Kubo and the Two Strings. Sweet. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, um, so I, I watched it this week, and um, yeah, it's pretty damn special, isn't it? Mm, true that. Yeah, it's um, it manages to be a, a, a magnificent. It's a great family film in the fact that it looks fantastic, like mm. achingly beautiful. This movie looks. It's a really good story. There's a lot of action there's the adventure points of it uh, it's got a lot of emotion in it and it is at point laugh out loud funny mm-hmm. it's it's the perfect movie of its kind yep yep straight up it, um, I, I, I think it's a very special film it, it manages to despite the fact it was made by a western company it seems to manage to do that almost at times Ghibli kind of thing yeah. perfectly. I mean, it, it's not, it's not Ghibli. It, it, it doesn't quite have that sense of the otherworldly, like as much as there is magical stuff happening in this, it's not, I don't know. You it don't, doesn't feel like, all, all Ghibli movies feel like they're, they're set in the same universe. This feels like a very stylized movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. Um, but yeah, I mean, Charlize Theron and Matthew McConaughey are brilliant. The kid who who, who plays Kubo is is great. Um, I mean, the, 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 uh, the, the, once I was very much very much enjoying it, hmm. um, and then as soon as um, McConaughey's Beetle came in, yeah, um, he's got some great lines. Just some absolutely just like had me fucking howling in laughter lines. But he's not just he's not simply just comic relief. The, the laugh out loud bits are kind of throwaway bits. Mm. The, the, I, I, I don't like the, you know, I'm either a samurai or a really bad hoarder. <laughs> and, and, and then when he appears, I was like, I've got it! 
<laughs> with the thing and it's the fucking fish. <laughs> it's like, that happened ten minutes ago. Yeah. But it still brings it back for a joke. Is <laughs> is yeah, it's it really is a really I I'm I'm annoyed that I didn't go and see this at the cinema now. Yeah, I am as well. I am as well. I mean, like, if, if Lottie was old enough, I would have. But I think it came out on quite a busy week, if I remember correctly. It was quite early September. Yeah, I think it I've did, yeah. A few things out that week. Um, and, and, yeah, I mean, to be fair, it didn't do very well either. It probably could have done with the box office. But um, I've got a feeling when Oscar rolls round, I think this might get re- re-evaluated. I could see this maybe winning. I think it could win. Uh, just for the, the just for the sense of it's so well received and so well thought of, and is there anything else out this year that is going to get near it in terms of for best animated feature? You know, Pixar's entry this year is, is Finding Dory. Well, you know, did very well. Apparently, is is perfectly fine. But it, it's nothing more, from what I understand from reviews and people yeah. who spoke to it, have said is it's nothing more than perfectly fine. Yep, sir. So I can't, I can't think of anything. There probably is loads of stuff, but off the top of my head, I can't think of anything else that is kind of shouting me, me. Whereas Kubo and the Two Strings, it's yes, it didn't, it didn't do fantastic money, but it, it's a, it's a really fucking really good film. I mean, just the, the 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 kind of the moral at the end of it as well. The whole like, don't let your past define who you are. You know, you you can, mm. but no matter how much of a shit you've been in 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 the past, you 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 know you can change. You know, I mean that that's a that's yeah, a that's a lovely idea. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's it, I was blown away by it. Nice. Oh, very pleased to hear that, man. Cool. Uh, yes, right. Uh, I'll, I'll do my own ones now then. Yeah. Cool. Um, fire up a couple of um, couple, and then I'll 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 talk about the one that I first watched. A surprising first watch actually for me. I can't believe I've never watched this movie before. But um, I rewatched American Pie. Uh, for the simple fact is that I just got a hankering to rewatch it. Okay. I don't know why. Uh, but the day I just thought really fancy watching American Pie. <laughs> so uh, I rewatched it for the first time. I, I don't even think I rewatched it when uh, American Reunion came out. So I think it's been it's been longer than that. Um and it's it's often kind of thought of as being as doing for the sort of teen sex comedy as what Scream did for uh, the slasher movies. And you can absolutely see why going back to it after all this time and the fact that the teen sex coming now has kind of has disappeared a little bit again, I think. Oh, you know, it, it became something a little bit seedier and that has kind of killed it off again. And, you know, it'll be another six, seven years before something else good comes out that kind of reinvigorates that and may never even happen again because of VOD. Um uh, it will fill that kind of hole, but it's it's strange of how it looks. It was made for eleven million dollars, um, and a cast of virtually unknowns, uh, um, and it's weird of how how kind of low budget it looks. 
it doesn't look like a um, it doesn't look like an ultra low budget movie, but it looks like an eleven million dollar movie. Um, but it's also got some really quite cinematic shots in there. You can tell that um, the uh, White brothers were trying to that they were film fans and they were trying to do sort of cinematic looking shots within the movie. There's there's a lot of that going on, but in this you know teen sex comedy about a bunch of kind of like not quite nerdy kids, but, you know, the coined the phrase, the in-between that's been kind of coined by the TV series now. Those guys. Um, and, you know, you've got Chris Klein's, you know, Oz. He's the jock, but, it, but because he, he's friends with these guys, he's kind of been pulled down to their level a little bit. And it, it all flows and their characters that because we've, you know, travelled along with them, going back to watching like their initial inception, is it is quite a nice thing to do. It's quite a warm feeling to watch these guys. And I think you know, I I we like American Union and if I think we've said before about it, you know, if we get one of those every sort of five years, every ten years and just revisit those characters, I'll be perfectly happy with that. I yeah. won't want every two years or anything like that. But it's yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed my uh, my rewatch of, of this. Um, uh, it it holds up really, really well and I think it's now it's now entered that kind of pantheon of films uh, like Pretty in Pink and Ferris Bueller and um, Dazed and Confused and Breakfast Club and th- films like that of being kind of classics of, of that kind of genre, which is, is really cool. And the fact that you're not watching it, you know, nearly 20 years removed from it or 15 years removed from it and looking back on it and going, Oh, it's a bit shit. Actually, it still holds up. It's been a really good movie and that's, that's why it struck a chord. Um, so yeah, thoroughly enjoyed that. And I also uh, rewatched the sequel as well, uh, which, didn't strike as much of a chord um, and cost three times the amount. Uh, didn't quite make three times the amount, but still turned a tiny profit. Right. Uh, but it, it is essentially just the same movie, just done again, but not quite as good. Um, but again, I still kind of enjoyed it. It's the continuing adventures. There's a lot of throwaway lines in it. Um, Sean William Scott has a, a bigger character because Stifler you know, was the was the shout out kind of, you know the star of the movie without actually being the star of the movie in the first one. He was the the loudest character, so of course the loudest character gets the most attention broadly. And so he's he's got more attention in this. But there's still some um yeah there's there's still some sort of amusing bits in it. But it's it's what is also weird is I kind of paused it halfway through. But um, Sean Elizabeth's Nadia character isn't isn't that attractive, is she? And Bet's like, she isn't at all, really, is she? She's like the sort of people who think that page three was a tr- was, was like alluring, attractive. Yeah, that's fair. And and she's, she's you know, I'm sure she's a lovely person. But she's not that attractive. The rest of the female characters in it are a lot more attractive in it. It's it's kind of weird going back and looking at that in the early noughties that was attractive. And it's like a thing that I remember me and Noah had a conversation a while ago about somebody being very 80s hot. Um, <laughs> I can't remember who it was now. And it is a thing. It was... Oh, it was um, I 
think it was Beverly D'Angelo in um, European Vacation that she was very 80s hot. Mm. <laughs> and so it's that. Or, or it might have even been um, the... Oh, fucking hell. The wife of Bruce Dern in The Burbs. Yeah, okay, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I totally get that, yeah. Yeah, sure. And so that's it, you know, Shannon Elizabeth is very early 90s hot, as in the same way as um, this is a very early noughties soundtrack. It's got fucking, you know, Alien Ant Farm on it. It's got Sum 41 on it. It's got Blink-182 and Green Day and people like that. It's It was a nice sort of weird trip down memory lane. Yeah. Um, and my final one is a movie that I'd never seen before, and I don't know how the fuck I'd never seen this. Uh, to Live and Die in L.A. Shit, fuck off, really? You've never seen I'd that? I've never seen it. Wow, okay. I've never seen it. Um, and um, I saw it in... Um, somebody have bought it, I think, because Arrow have done it, I think. Uh, yeah, I think it's recently come I, out in the U.S. or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it could be, it could be the U.S. It could be there. And I looked and thought... I've never seen To Live and Die in LA. I know it's freaking, I know it stars William Patterson, I know it stars Willem Dafoe, but I know nothing else about it. It's just one that's completely passed me by. So I said to Bex, do you fancy watching To Live and Die in LA? And she said, well, stick a trailer on, I'll, I'll, I'll see what... See, me, see, I said, I want to watch it, but I'll see if I want to watch it tonight. So I stuck a trailer on, she was like, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll happily watch that. So we watched it on um, Saturday night. Um, it's, uh, I, it literally is so the sort of movie that I watch that I can't believe I've never watched it. Um, it's brilliant. I'm, not, I'm taken by your how have you never watched this that you've seen to live and die in LA. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. God, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's completely up my street. It's a cop movie about a cop who is a little bit too, you know, doesn't stick by the rules and he's a, a loose cannon. And it's that buddy cop thing. It's even got on the, the line of, I'm getting too old for this shit, uh, you know, two years before um, Danny Glover says it in Lethal Weapon. Um, which I actually sort of check and go, hang on a minute. Is that a... <laughs> Was this before? It was, I'm sure this was before. Uh, it's also got Dean Stockwell in it, which is fantastic to see. Willem Dafoe is great as the villain. Um, the soundtrack uh, uh, is both too intrusive but perfect at exactly the same time, which makes no fucking sense. Uh, William Peterson isn't terrible in it because he can sometimes be a bit iffy in things, like, for instance, in Manhunter, when he plays Will Graham. Again, he struggles the line of being not great, but working perfectly for the role, um, which is strange. But, yeah, it's, it's, it really is fantastic, and I cannot believe it's taken me this long to watch it. Yeah, man. Yeah, no, I, I, it, it was a no-brainer. You were going to like that. Yeah, it literally was. Uh, Gordon, what else have you been have you been watching? Um, okay, so I uh, rewatched the Nice Guys, which you know is currently my favourite film of the year. So we'll, we'll, I mean, we'll be talking I, I need about to it more in January. By the end of the year. Yeah, we'll we'll be talking about it more in January. So I'll I'll yeah. leave it there. Um, a couple other things for me. Um, absolutely fabulous, the movie. Um, 
I did a double bill of uh, Huntsman Winter's War in this last Tuesday, so... Uh, Weird double bill, that. Yeah, I know, it's a fucking, like, just seeing stuff that came out this year double, I suppose, but... Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, so, I quite enjoyed it, won't lie. Um, Joanna Lumley's doing some Nate's level Fair funny enough. shit in it. Um, Joanna Lumley is amazing in this fucking film. Um, especially in the last third or so, um, yeah, um, it look, it, I mean, it looks like a fucking TV show, um, yeah, whatever, um, but it made me laugh a lot more than I thought it was going to, I thought it was a really good 90 minutes, um, yeah, so there you go, absolutely fabulous, the movie is not going to be in my fucking top 10 or anything, but, I mean, like, but, Donna's watching it, I'd happily fucking sit there and watch it, so there you go. And uh, I'll end it with uh, How to Be Single. Um, oh, is this the Rebel Wilson and... Dakota Johnson. Dakota Johnson, that's it. Yeah, it's um, Dakota Johnson, Rebel Wilson, uh, Leslie Mann and Alison Brie. Um, so, kind of an ensemble piece, but centred around Dakota Johnson, even though the... Some of the plot threads are actually surprisingly separated. Like, Alison Brie, I don't remember if her character ever... I don't think she ever actually meets Dakota Johnson's character. She doesn't meet Rebel Wilson's character. I'm pretty sure she doesn't meet Leslie Mann's character. They're connected through a male character in, in the film. So, um, basically, Dakota Johnson plays a, uh, a woman who... Um, her boyfriend basically decides that... No, she decides, sorry, forgive me, she decides that she kind of wants to have a bit of a break from her boyfriend and see what it's like to, like, live single life. Um, very soon after that, she decides, actually, no, I want him back, but then it turns out that he's actually seeing someone else, so she's kind of forced to be single, essentially. Uh, and uh, Rebel Wilson's a work mate who like, basically tries to get her to have fun while being single. Leslie Mann is her sister, but Leslie Mann um, decides to um, have a, a baby through um, artificial insemination, but then falls in love with another guy. Um, and Alison Brie is a woman who's constantly... who's basically just wants to get married and have babies. And she uh, meet, uh, meets a bartender who Dakota Johnson has a one-night stand with a couple of times, if that makes sense. Um, and there's a bit of a will-they-won't-they they thing there as well. Um, so, yeah, it's funny. Um, it, 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 it does a few things that you don't expect it to. Um, like about halfway through, Dakota Johnson starts seeing a particular person and then where that goes and quite quickly is is quite surprising um and i i don't know it's interesting because it, it's kind of half saying it's good to have a man with you to live life with you but then also other characters are like if i don't have a man with me that's fine um, I mean, it's interesting. So I'm looking at the poster now on Letterboxd, and like, literally, it's the four women like sat there together, all kind of smiling with each other. And yeah. Alison Brie, literally, I think, sees Dakota Johnson once, and that is her only connection to the other characters. 
Um, it's kind of weird, actually. I, I, I don't know, like none of them ever really seems to hang around with each other, apart from maybe one or two scenes. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's a moment in it which I really appreciated, where it's like the end of a revelation moment, and Dakota Johnson gets into the back of a taxi, and the taxi driver says, "Like where you where you going?" And she goes home. And then the music kind of rises up, and he just goes, woman, I don't know where the fuck you live. And <laughs> it's like, okay, all right. Do you know what? You've won me. Because I was thinking right at that moment, that's fucking shit. And then he breaks out with that. It's like, okay, cool. All right, you've got me. I'm um, right with that. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't it doesn't have many of those moments in fairness, but it's a kind of like it's the way you say it, you're like, woman, I don't know where the fuck you live. I think it's brilliant. <laughs> um so um I think it's worth a watch. Um I, I, I it was, looks, it's got Tuesday night watch rim all over it, is that yeah. movie? Tuesday or Thursday. I watched it Thursday night slash last twenty minutes on the train on the Friday morning. Um, well, there we go. I will. I will watch it only on a Thursday night. Then. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's uh, genuinely it's not bad. Dakota Johnson's a good leading lady. She's got a decent um, supporting cast with her. You know, it's yeah, it's a good it, it's it's a good time. No lie, it's a good time. I I would watch it again. Um, and uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, so cool. we don't have any mail, surprisingly. Uh, we're running like well over two hours, I think. So, or, or just on two hours. So that's just good. on two hours, yeah. Yeah, nice. Um, Twitter questions. Yeah, we have a couple. Um, I think yes. Uh, Andrew Jones uh, at Ethan Run on uh, Twitter. Uh, films you'd love to love slash hate to see sequels or prequels too long after the fact, Ooh, and what would they contain? Sequels, um, prequels, what? Uh, films you'd love, to, uh, you'd love slash hate to see pre sequels or prequels too long after the fact, and what would they contain? So I think, for instance, something like uh, Independence Day Resurgence yeah, was right, a sequel, yeah, right. but it was like twenty years after it, which seems like just too long, and it did seem like too long after it. Um, so. Um, Whereas, like, Jurassic Park, for instance, worked. There's a long removed from it. Um, I'd love to see uh, the um, the sequel to Midnight Run that was planned. Um, you know, it, it obviously, if Charles Grodin is, is well enough, you won't want to see it with him on death on his deathbed doing it. But, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see, see that movie. Um, I think they, they, could, they could absolutely do something with those characters. So be it, I don't know, fucking... Um, he does open the, um, the coffee shop that he wants to open. Um, and then Charles Gordon's character just comes in, just sort of saying, you know, remember that money? Yeah, that's still, yeah, we need to go. Anything like that, and they go for another fucking caper, or some bullshit like that, I'd happily watch that. All day fucking long. Um... I'd, fuck, man. I mean, could you imagine if we got, like, a Big Trouble in Little China sequel now? Oh, God. I'd, 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 I'd happily go watch that. I'd also watch another Escape From movie. Oh, man, could you... Oh, fuck, if they actually did Escape From Earth. Yeah. Oh, God. 
That would have yeah. been amazing. I'd, I'd, I'd watch the shit out of that. Yeah. That reminds me, man. I kind of have a hankering to re-watch the Thing prequel. I don't know why. See, I've been wanting to watch, re-watch the Thing recently. I think I'm going to watch it in December because mm. it's set snow. Yeah. Even though it's not a Christmas movie. But I'm going to watch it to break up the Christmas movie that I'll be watching uh, a little bit because I think you can overload on Christmas movies. So I'm going to watch it then. So I might watch the prequel then as well. I don't, I've just got a weird, like, I kind of want to give that another go, just because it's an interesting cast, that fucking thing, man. Like, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Joel Edgerton, Eric Christian Olsen, Ulrich Thompson, Adewale Ekinu, Akabai, or however you pronounce his name. It's 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 a fun little cast. Um, yeah, it is actually, isn't it? I'm going to rewatch that. Maybe even this week. Yeah, man. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to watch that before the... I watched it, The Thing, to be honest. It's so weird they called that The Thing. Yeah. Like, I, I, <laughs> like just, it's... I don't know. It's not The Thing. It's not The Thing. It's not a remake. It's not a pre... I mean, it is a prequel. Um, It's not a sequel. It, but why call it that? It's a strange, isn't it? It doesn't make sense. Going down the iTunes hole, it said viewers also bought um, John Carter. John Carter's eleven ninety nine on iTunes. No one's going to buy John Carter for eleven. That literally is Disney. Disney trying to stop that movie making money. Like, like, yeah, isn't it just like? £108. <laughs> fucking, I really, I mean, Christ, I really like John Carter. I'm not paying 11 99 for an iTunes copy. and It's just, it, no, no. No. Um, but, yeah. Um, pre, uh, sequels you wouldn't want to see. I don't want to see what Travis Bickle's still doing. <laughs> I thought there's been a long movie kind of sequel to, um, to what is it? I, I don't want to see. Because, I assume that at some point he's probably killed himself. Yeah, well, yeah, it'd just be him in a grave, wouldn't it? Yeah, so I, I, I don't fucking need to see that. Um, what else have they been talking about doing sequels to that you just go, no. I don't want to see the the, the, the third um, Bridget Jones movie. I don't. I know they've made it, but I don't want to see it. Noel's in it. Noel's in it. I mean, I think even Noel's beautiful face can't make me go, oh, fuck it, I'll give it a go. Because it just looks abhorrent. It really does just look, just, no, fuck you. I mean, I look forward to when you go in, in six months' time. It's all right, actually. But, but yeah, yeah, that, I don't want to see that. No, when you hear this, you need to respond. <laughs> yeah, you do, yeah. <laughs> like, you will watch my fucking face. Um, so, yeah, um, other question. Uh, Steve Dixon at The Great SD. Uh, when I'm ill, I like to put on Mouse Hunt or Big Wednesday. What's your favourite warm blanket films? Um, mine are... I have a few, actually. Um, Big Trouble of China and Escape from New York are two of them. Mall Rats is one of them. Hmm. Um, Mall Rats always makes me feel better. When I've had a really, really shit day and I just need to just reset, Mall Rats does that for me. Um, the Mighty Ducks always does it as well hmm. I, anything anything that reminds me of that, that I, I, the warm blanket thing is something that I went to see in the cinema in the early 90s <laughs> will do 
for that. So it'll be something terrible, like fucking not well. Mighty Ducks isn't terrible; actually, it's quite good. Or the Sandlot Kids is quite good, but it could also be something fucking horrible, like a cop and a half, or um, what's it, um, Rookie of the Year, or some shit like that. I generally don't tend to take sick days unless. It tends to be, to be honest, if I got the shits or if I'm throwing up a lot. And if it's one of those, yeah. I don't feel like I can concentrate all that much. I like would rather just sit and watch a load of Simpsons or like even Modern Family. Or I mean, I remember the last time we had a really bad sickness bug in our house. Donna and I watched like the whole first season of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt in the space of like two days. So, well, that's what made me sick. Uh, sorry? Well, that's just going to make you even sicker. <laughs> I, no, I like Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. But, um, it, yeah, I, I'll be honest, I touch wood, I tend to be a man about it and just man the fuck up and go into work and stop whining. Oh, I actually had a sick day eight years. <laughs> yeah, no, so th- th- there you go. Like, literally... I usually only only take a sick day if I would not actually be able to do my job. Like, if it was flu or something like that, I mean, unless it, I, I was just, I can't get out of bed, I just generally tend to get on with it. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Like I, Christ, the last time I bloody watched a film when I had a sick day, I think I watched Battle of the Planets. <laughs> So uh, that was that, that was our last question there. Oh, okay, fair enough. Um, so next week, next week, next week, next week, we've got Sully. Ah, uh, Miracle on the Hudson, which I I have some interest in. I do as well. Um, but there was something else that I was thinking you might be more into. Bleed for this. Ooh. Yeah, bleed for this. I'm very up for bleed for this. He sounds more up for bleed for this than he is Sully. So. But I'll, 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 we'll, we'll not decide quite yet, and we'll leave it. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it for now and let people find out next week's show. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm. Uh, to be honest, I'll. If we do bleed for this, I'll probably just end up watching Sully in in the week next week anyway. So it's it's kind of no bother, but we'll we'll see how it goes. The week after is interesting, man. Office Christmas Party and Birth of a Nation. That would be quite the double bill. Oh, and Snowden. Fucking hell. Oh, yeah. okay, right. Um, right, well, we might be doing a double review then. Um, yeah, yeah, we might be yeah. doing a double review then. Yeah, okay, yeah. There's actually, thinking about it, there's actually a Cineworld Unlimited screening of it I can just go to this week as well. So, we're, yeah, we ah. might we might well actually end up doing Bleed for This and Sully. So, um, yeah, okay, cool. And then the week after, Office Christmas Party, Birth of the Nation and Snowden. <laughs> Triple bill. The week after that, I'm hoping we get we can get um, Steve back on for uh, Rogue One. Um, oh, yes, absolutely, yeah. Week after that, Passengers. Week after that, Why Him? Week after that, um, Silence. Silence. Maybe Assassin's um, Creed. Assassin's Creed. Week after that, 
Monster Calls week after that, La La Land in Manchester by the Sea. And there's something else out last week, that weekend on the 13th. What is? There's something else out. There's three, there's four actually, I think, out that week. Off. And we can't forget yeah, Monster let me, Trucks. Let me, let me check. 13th, there is, yeah, Manchester by the Sea, La La Land, Live by the Night. Oh, Live by Night, fuck. Okay. And the new De Niro one, The Comedian's out that week as well. Right, I'll be honest, that's going to be pretty low down in my list in comparison to the rest of them. Um, oh, oh, it just kind of is what it is. Right, Friday the 13th of January also sees a film called The Bye Bye Man, which, mm. I, I don't know, this is, that's an interesting title. Um, fucking hell. Those, and The Bye Bye Man, of course, stars Doug Jones. As The Bye Bye Man. Yeah, of course it fucking does. <laughs> <laughs> oh my Can god Donald's in that as well who? Yeah, Donald is in that as well Jesus Christ 20th of January Jackie Split and Triple X Free <laughs> fuck I want to see all three of those I want to see one of those <laughs> well alright what Triple X okay alright well that's fine alright well, <laughs> well we'll do Triple X and I'll uh what, you got no interest in Split? No. Really? Yeah, I have no interest in any fucking thing that M. Night Shyamalan does. Yeah, right, fair enough. He's, he's been fucking terrible for far too long. I've never got on with him, I'll be honest. Alright, fair enough. I don't know, maybe it's more out of morbid fascination than anything else for me, but hey. Um, but shit, but maybe we should leave it there. That's a fucking long show. That is it for this week's Dude and a Monkey. My name has been Ian Loring. His name has been Mark Foster. Yep. We bid you adieu. And remember, we'll always have Casablanca.